All right, let's uh, jump into the teaching uh, for uh, today. It's what lies beneath living an emotionally healthy life. We just kicked this off last week, and the whole idea is that God wants us to live an emotionally healthy life. This is part of our discipleship and following Jesus. And these emotions and feelings that we have aren't meant to be suppressed, aren't meant to be pushed down or ignored, but we need to engage them. We need to understand why... uh, they are there. And one of the emotions, one of the uh, feelings that we get, one, one of the emotions that come into play often in our lives is the idea of me or I. Right? And think about this. It shows up in the question of what about me? When you bump into that, how is this going to affect me? And what do I get out of it? So, um, and we could come up with a litany of questions that are centered around that. But you know, as well as I do, that the culture that we live in, our world, and in us, we are just barraged, you know, with all these I and me type of statements. And our social media platforms have figured that out. And they have uh, scientifically created these algorithms that feed into this. All the science is there. They acknowledge it. And in fact, isn't it quite uh, ironic that when you're sitting on the couch with your wife and you say to her, hey, um, you know, we need to replace that couch. And then next thing you know, on your phone, on your social media platform, all these things about couches pop up. They're like, oh, my gosh, how that really does happen. You say, no, that's not true. Yes, it is true. It happened to Zoe and I. Well, I've, and I don't I don't think it was a couch. I, I don't know what it was, but it was something we were talking about. And she's like, Rick, oh, my gosh, look at this. We were just talking about this. And now all of a sudden it's on my you know, social media feed. It's just crazy. But there is, there really is all kinds of research behind that, that they have figured out an algorithm to what? To feed the I and the me. And that's the culture that we live in. But as Christ followers, uh, Jesus calls us to live um, differently. He calls us to, to actually deny ourselves. And we see this in Luke chapter 9. This is not our text, but I want you to see this. In Luke chapter 9, the setting is this. That the setting is that Jesus has just shared with the disciples that he has to suffer, that he's going to be rejected, that he's not going to be some successful. You know, in the world's eyes, that he's actually going to die, and then he will come back again on the third day. And Matthew's uh, story on this, in this setting, Matthew shares this detail, that Peter takes Jesus aside and says to Jesus, don't talk like that. And Jesus is like, Peter... You need to change your perspective. You're looking through it through the world's lens. There's a whole nother perspective of what God is doing. And he got pretty harsh with Peter in that scene. But in this scene, what um, Luke shares with us is that he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, right? So if any of you, the crowd people, if any of you want to follow me, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross daily. And follow me. And I love the way that Luke puts that because it really is a daily battle, isn't it? If we were honest, because because it's just in us and in, in our culture, and it we um, everything that we see, it just feeds the I and the me type of statements in our life, which the call of Jesus is totally different. He will call us. In fact, here's what it is, and this is what I want us to walk away with today: Su- embracing suffering and denying yourself is a part of what it means to follow Jesus. 
Now that doesn't sit well with us. What do you mean embrace suffering? What? Nobody wants to embrace that. We're going to talk more about this idea in, in, uh, in a few weeks. But I want you to think about embracing something. I mean, that is so counterculture. That's so against what our nature is. We don't want to embrace. We resist it. And deny ourselves? No. That's not the American dream. The American dream is all about me and my happiness and my prosperity, right? So Jesus calls us to live differently. And we have to put on the biblical lens. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus. So this teaching, I'm talking to those of you who are followers of Jesus. Those of you who have made a commitment to follow Jesus. In Pete Scazzaro's book, and that's what I told you this whole teaching is based off of, um, The Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, or The Emotionally Healthy uh, Disciple. Um, in there, he argues this principle. Follow the crucified, not the Americanized, Jesus. Now, I think this is important. Um, one, I want you to understand Pete Scazzaro's background. In his church, he is the minority as a white person. In his church, they, in his church and just compared to the world population, he has over 48 different nations represented in his church. So, he has a good understanding of how the world kind of views Christianity. Now, he is, you know, he's an Italian uh, um, by birth and ethnicity, you know, but he grew up here in America. So he understands, he fought this himself. Uh, this idea of what, it, you know, looking at Jesus through that American lens. So I wanted to define, in fact, in his book, he defines this, um, and this is right from Webster's dictionary, Americanized defined. What does that even mean? To cause, to acquire, or to conform to American characteristics. Just think about that for a second. And, or to bring something under the political, cultural, or commercial influence of the United States. What are those American characteristics? And as I thought about that, it really falls back into that American dream. Well, what is that? How do you define the American dream? Well, here's the way one um, institution that teaches others, that holds classes, here's how they defined it. The American dream is a set of ideals which includes notions of individual rights, Freedom, democracy, and equality. And then they say, is arguably centered around the belief that each individual has the right and freedom to seek prosperity and happiness, regardless of where or under what circumstances they were born. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. And I want to say this, too, before I go any further. I could not be more grateful that God had allowed me to be born in the U.S. I really am. I'm so, so grateful that I wasn't born in another country. I, I, I am thankful for that because of the freedoms that I get to enjoy here that so many other countries do not get to enjoy. And I love our country. My dad was in the Marines. My brother was in the Marine Corps. My grandfather was in uh, the army. My uh, uncle, they were in the Air Force. You know, so I come from a family. In fact, as I think about, as I have thought about my life, I wish I would have went into the service first before I went to college. One reason, so that they would have paid for my college, right? <clears throat> but I didn't. But I want you to know, I am, I, I am. 
proud to be. What's that song? I'm proud to be an American. You know, on Fourth of July. I love that song. That was like that's one of my favorite songs. And just like, mm, I do. I am proud. Most of the time. <laughs> but I can't let my love for country overshadow my love for the King. And that has happened so often in America. That Christ followers have let their love for their country overshadow their love for King Jesus. And we need, we need to look at that. You and I, we need to look at our life and think, am I forming my opinions around this? Because of my love for King Jesus? Or am I forming my opinion around this because of my love for my country? And these are totally two different things. And Jesus calls us to a different life. So, we need to follow the crucified Jesus. Not the Americanized Jesus that we have made him. That seeks after happiness and prosperity, whatever that success looks like in your life, you know, that how whatever prosperity looks like in your life, because that's all of a sudden we think, and, and also that the part about being American is our individual rights. I have my rights. Yet Jesus calls us to live our life differently. So let's go to Mark chapter 10 and let's see what this is. This is our teaching text. In Mark chapter 10, in verses, uh, starting in verse 35, Mark chapter 10, Mark, an eyewitness, he was here, and here's how he records this account. It says, And then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke uh, to him, meaning Jesus, spoke to Jesus, and said, Teacher, uh, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, Jesus asked. And they replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and one on your left. They are seeking their prosperity. Right? They're, man, this is going to make me happy. Oh, I could be successful if I could just be seen sitting next to you. One on your right, one on your left. This is what life will be all about. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? And their response was, absolutely, you know, count us in. Well, we're able, they replied. And then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and you will be baptized with the baptism of my suffering. I just want us to sit right there and think about this for a second. You know what Jesus is doing? He's letting them know, you're right. It's going to get hard for you. It's going to get bitter. Life is going to be hard. And you're going to enter into some suffering. You think this Roman oppression that you are experiencing right now is rough? You call this suffering? This is nothing compared to what's going to happen after the resurrection. After you declare your allegiance to me, King Jesus, and not to King Caesar. They're going to they're gonna persecute you because of who you say your king is. But he's inviting them into to embrace suffering. Isn't this just the opposite of what we do here in America? 
We don't embrace suffering. We resist it. We don't want to go anywhere near it. At least I don't. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through hard times. I don't want to go through those painful times. But Jesus would say, no, Rick, as a follower of Jesus, you need to embrace this. Why? Because I can teach you something. I, I, can, I can form more of my character in you, Rick, if you would just receive, if you would embrace the suffering instead of rejecting it. How do you handle suffering? How do you handle hardship? How do you handle these hard times in life? Do you embrace them like Jesus is calling us to? Or do you resist them and push them away? Now, Jesus will come back and he'll respond to their direct request in verse 40. He says, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Then the ten other disciples, they heard what James and John had asked for, and they were indignant, just like you would have been. We judge them, but you're like, hold it, what? I want my seat, right? You want your place, you want your prosperity, right? We do, we all vie for, oh, I want that position, I want that place. We want our happiness, and they're no different. And they're angry now, like, I can't believe they had the nerve to actually ask what we were thinking, right? You've been there. So... Because Jesus is amazing and he can read the room because he has a spirit of discernment and he doesn't ignore it. He leans into it. Hello, leaders. Don't ignore the tension in the room. Lean into it. Speak into it. And Jesus does that. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials. They flaunt their authority over those under them, their prosperity. They flaunt it and they use it. That's how the culture is, the, the, the world that we live in. And Jesus tells them, but among you, it will be different. Not that it should be different. Not that it might be or could be. It says, man, it needs to be different. It will be different, he says. But is it? Is it different in your life? It's not different if we don't keep these emotions and feelings in check. If we don't lean into, why is it, why do I feel like, you know, why, why do I have so many I statements in my life? Why am I so worried about what I'm going to get out of it? We got to, we got to answer that. We got to do some hard work there. Because Jesus says it will be different. If you are a Christ follower, he's calling us to be different. And we've got to fight against that. We've got to resist that. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant you're not to you're not to show up and you know and be like how can everyone serve me today you're to show up and serve everyone else he's calling us to live from a place of serving others and this is why in our very mission of our church we have this idea because we're calling all people to love god to follow jesus and to serve others. And that is why, on a day like today, that we had planned to go out and serve the city of Cranston by cleaning up the bike path. Because of a value that Jesus called all of us Christ followers to, that it should be different among us. And our posture shouldn't be, how is the city of Cranston going to serve our church? Our posture should be, how is the church going to serve our city? 
and the other towns and communities around our state. How are we going to serve the state of Rhode Island? That should be our posture. But is this how we live? Do you show up to your workspace saying, it's going to be different. It's going to be different with me. Man, when I go into Chipotle, I am going to serve like no one else has served before. Right, students? Some of you guys work at Chipotle, right? Um, some of you, you know, work at Starbucks. You're going to show up, show up in there and you're going to be like, man, I am going to serve like nobody has served before. But what about you, mom and dad? Do you show up into your cubicle space like that? Do you show up in your office space like that? Do you show up in your classroom teachers like that? Do you show up and say, I'm going to serve like nobody served before? Because of the call of Christ. Because it's supposed to be different among you. He's called us to be servants. Not only does he call us that, he then would model this for us. Look the way that Mark captures this. For even the Son of Man. And whenever you see that phrase, you know that means Jesus, right? Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And then to give his life as a ransom for many. That is how Jesus lived his life. And that's how Jesus is calling you to live your life. Do we follow the crucified, not the Americanized, Jesus? Is that how you live your life? Man, he's calling us to live like that. He's calling us with this idea of embracing suffering and denying yourself. It's part of what it means to follow Jesus. I want everybody to take out your connection cards. In South County, grab those connection cards off your seat. The connection cards are in the chair in front of you. Just reach up, pull that out, and bring it back. There's only two next steps this morning, and then we're going to sit with Jesus. We're just going to be with Jesus. We'll get there in just a second. But first, look at this next step, the very first one. It says, I want to live differently as Jesus has called me to. Pray that I will notice when I'm living a life focused on myself instead of others. See, this is, so, this, is, this is like such a battle because we don't even know how many times the I and the me is playing itself out in us. So for all of us, it starts, in, and I'm inviting you, will you please pray for me in this way? Please, I'm asking you. And for those of you in South County, please pray for me in this way. Will you pray that I will notice all the I and the me's? All the I's and the me's when I interact with Zoe? When I interact with my kids, when I interact with our church family, when I interact with you know, the partners that we get to partner with, um, I need you. I need to be aware because I'm just so bombarded by this message that it is about me and that I am supposed to seek my happiness and my prosperity. But what, I'm, what, what Jesus is different. And he's saying, you need to notice that and deal with it. And bring it into the alignment of the scriptures. Notice that he said to deny yourself. He didn't say deny your feelings. Don't deny your emotions. No. It's you deal with them and you bring them into check. And that's what this is about. So, will you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. Our team will be praying for you in this way. The other next step says this. My suffering is leaving me with little hope. Pray that I would realize Jesus is with me in the middle of my distress. And I would embrace my suffering instead of resisting it. Because isn't that what we do? We resist 
We resist the suffering. We resist the hard road. We're looking for that easy payoff. We're looking for the easy way. Will you embrace suffering? And in embracing suffering, you're, what you're saying is, Jesus, teach, form my character into who you're trying to make me be to be more like you. If you need hope in this way, we want to pray for you. Again, just put your name on that connection card, circle step number two. And this week when our team gathers, uh, we'll be praying for you. And if there are specifics around the way that you want us praying for you, just put that in there on that connection card. I'm going to pray for us right now. And then um, I'm just going to ask us to be uh, with Jesus for a couple of minutes. So, Jesus... Only you can make these kind of changes in our life. Only you can make us aware of them. And Father, they're so deeply ingrained. I know it's so deeply ingrained in me, I don't even see it all the time. And Jesus, I'm praying that you will that you will bring about a whole lot more of you and a whole lot less of me. And God, that I'd be aware of all these me and I and and my motives behind what I do. Jesus, please. And I pray that for our church. I pray that it will be different and that we will love you, King Jesus, over our love for our country. Please. May we lean more into that. And may, Father, we embrace suffering and not resist it. May we look for ways that you're trying to form and shape our character. God, please. And I'm asking for that person that feels hopeless right now. Jesus, will you reach down and overwhelm them? Overwhelm them with your love. Overwhelm them with your presence, your grace, and your mercy. Please. Thank you. And Jesus, we invite you into these next few minutes as we just get to sit, as we make space for being with you. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us and give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name.